Chapter Six of the Life of Clara Barton, Volume Two by William Barton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six The Forerunners of the Red Cross. When Clara Barton began her ministry in the Civil War, she had practically no knowledge concerning work that had been done in America or elsewhere for the relief of wounded soldiers. She did not remember even to have heard of Florence Nightingale until she was actually engaged in work of a similar character. When, at Port Royal, she was serenaded and hailed as the Florence Nightingale of America, she knew what it meant, but she had not known very long. She took up the duty, just as Dorothea Dix and other brave women did, in an earnest effort to do the thing that needed to be done, and she learned how to do by doing it. She discovered the defects in other systems then employed, but did not criticize them. She realized the difficulties under which volunteer workers were working, and she carefully refrained from passing any unkind judgments upon organizations that were laboring under almost insuperable difficulties. But she found her own method of work, and she performed it with a success which, without robbing any other brave women of any portion of her due fame, wrought for Clara Barton a crown of unfading laurel. Not until she found herself in Switzerland, and was asked by Swiss representatives of the Red Cross why America had refused to join in that movement, she had found occasion to study the history of movements for the relief of wounded on the battlefield the sick and wounded in the wars of the crusades were cared for inadequately but nobly by the knights hospitallers of st john of jerusalem of rhodes and of malta these christian knights ministered alike to christian and saracen in some of the subsequent wars of europe the sisters of charity of the roman catholic church rendered such service as they were able and yet the history of the care of the wounded in all of the wars from the dawn of history is one of cruel and in many respects of needless suffering during the Crimean War, Florence Nightingale, with 38 nurses, went from England to Scutari, across the Bosphorus from Constantinople, and rendered service which made her name a household word the world around. It was Clara Barton's lifelong regret that she did not meet Florence Nightingale during her long stay in England, but she was sick, and so was Miss Nightingale and neither thought of the other as being within call. The real beginning of the movement which resulted in the organization of the Red Cross began with Henri Dunant, who was born at Geneva in 1828. When he was 31 years of age, in 1859, the forces of Sardinia and of Victor Emmanuel with the allied army of france under napoleon the third waged war against austria for the freedom of northern italy at the battle of solferino 
forty thousand soldiers were killed or wounded. The defeated Austrians retreated, and the French and Italians pursued, leaving the wounded almost deserted. Surgeons at that time were not protected from attack, and the surgeons of each army moved on with the army. Dunant gathered women of the neighborhood and gave what relief he could without distinction of nationality. On his return to Geneva, filled with tragic memories of the scenes of horror he had witnessed, he issued a pamphlet entitled Souvenir de Solferino. In this he described the scenes which he had witnessed and propounded this question. Would it not be possible to found and organize in all civilized countries volunteers which in time of war would render succor to the wounded without distinction of nationality? Geneva had an organization for philanthropic and humane work known as the Society of Public Utility. Its president was Monsieur Gustave Moynier. He was deeply moved by Dunant's pamphlet, and sent out an invitation for a conference to organize an international conference for investigating means to supplement the inadequacy of medical services of armies in campaigns. This led to the conference of August 1864, to which reference has already been made, in which the United States was unofficially represented by Mr. George C. Fogg, American minister to Switzerland, and Mr. Charles S. P. Bowles, European agent of the Sanitary Commission. All this Clara Barton learned as she studied the history which lay behind a movement in which she was to have so important a share. Of movements in the United States, she already knew. The United States Sanitary Commission was organized in New York City on May 18, 1861, with the Reverend Henry W. Bellows, D.D., as president. The good which it did in the Civil War was incalculable. In cooperation with it was the Western Sanitary Commission, organized in St. Louis on September 5, 1861. The Young Men's Christian Associations of the country led in the organization of the United States Christian Commission, which was formed in New York November 16, 1861. Besides these were innumerable societies which were formed by women for the furnishing of supplies, the establishment of rest homes, and the distribution of comforts to soldiers. When, in 1864, the United States was asked to participate in the work of the Red Cross, there was very little inclination on the part of the government officials to treat this request with any more courtesy than official etiquette required the government did not feel very kindly toward european governments for their attitude during the war of our rebellion we had established our own agencies for the relief of suffering and had no inclination to add another when the war was over, however, 
Dr. Bellows was confident America would join in the International Red Cross. He issued a long letter addressed to Monsieur Henri Dunant, who was acting as secretaire du Comité International des Sequois aux Militaires Blessés. This Dr. Bellows did as president of the American Association for the Relief of Misery of Battlefields. On its title page was emblazoned a red cross as the insignia of the organization, the first time that symbol was used in America, and, until Clara Barton's day, the last. In this long and earnest and discriminating letter, intended to arouse public sentiment in America, Dr. Bellows told, with great plainness of speech, of the inadequacy of even those splendid organizations with which he himself had been associated. He said, Good intentions and humane sentiments are not alone qualifications for this duty. Volunteer agents are the dearest that can be used. It is useless to expect correct information on the wants of the soldier from the government or the medical bureau or even the general officers. The last thing to which a government attends in an active war is the sick and wounded. The medical is the least interesting bureau to it, and as a rule army surgeons have hard and coarse views of humanity to soldiers. General officers seldom see with their own eyes the details of want and suffering. He paid a high tribute to the work of the woman in the war. He said that virtually the whole womanhood of the nation was engaged in it. He spoke of the women in hospitals and said that some of them had done well, but that detailed men are the appropriate nurses in military hospitals. Women are rarely in place at the front, or even at the base of armies. He said that, of the women who went to the front, most of them were in the way, with a few rare exceptions, where tact and humanity were united with force and endurance. His letters to Clara Barton leave no doubt as to one whom he considered in the forefront of these exceptions, combining, as she did, tact and humanity with force and endurance. Dr. Bellow's effort fell completely flat so far as the organization of the society was concerned. He became thoroughly discouraged and gave it up and years afterward rejoiced when he saw Clara Barton accomplish what he had vainly striven to do. This was the situation as Clara Barton learned it, when returning health brought back to her the strong purpose of proceeding at once to the organization of an American Red Cross. End of chapter 6